She has been a single mother during many of the critical years when building a successful career. She is an ally to underserved communities and inspires others to follow. She has over 25 years of experience in finance, including 15 years in a variety of areas within the treasury space, including global financing, capital structure development and execution, foreign currency risk management, and cash concentration management and operations. We have with us today Sheila Quintus, Vice President and Assistant Treasurer at Medtronic, who is at the forefront of medical technology and working to improve patient outcomes. I'm Netra Kumar, Managing Director and Senior Treasury Sales Officer at Bank of America, and I'm excited to have Sheila join me on Bank of America's Treasury Insights podcast series to share her exciting and inspiring journey. Sheila, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Nitra. Happy to be here. Sheila, we've discussed this, and as women, we often have trouble asking for help, and we feel that we have to single-handedly keep a lot of balls up in the air. And you've set a great example when your daughter was younger and when you yourself were experiencing some significant life events. You asked your employer for help. Talk to us about that and how people responded and rallied around you to support you. That's right, Netra. I think the demands on all women, particularly those who do become parents, are extremely intense. I think what has occurred over the past several years is that the social and economic construct is evolving. And post-COVID, we have all learned a lot about where and how we get work done. But it still remains a challenge. As a leader, I have a responsibility to do my part to change that. But if we step back and talk about me as a woman and as a participant in that work structure, we have to be honest with ourselves about how much of us there is and where we want to dedicate it at each turn. So about five years ago, my daughter was just about to enter middle school. And this was also less than two years after having lost my mom and also less than a year after getting remarried. I've been watching my daughter's anxiety creep up here and there, and as I call it, there was some smoke rising that indicated that something might be off. But with my fixed work schedule and her school day and evening activities, I simply was not physically present enough to really have an idea about what was going on. And I had this moment of clarity with the question presented of who needs me more. And the answer was clear and almost instantaneous, I needed to step back from work. I needed to take a sabbatical and step all the way out. I talked to my manager about what I was thinking, and he actually told me, go now. He was so glad that I had not asked to just pull back some, but to just go step out fully. I think it's a critical learning I've had. I hadn't had the chance to employ. Really being open to how we think about the climb to leadership and thinking about it not in terms of just a straight upward slope, but that there may be some irregular stair steps along the way. But to think about those times as really important investments in yourself and ultimately still an investment in your career. So I returned to work after a full year. And we decided, though, that at the point of that return, I would no longer have my direct reports reporting to me. We would continue having them reporting to my manager. And this allowed me to work a reduced schedule until it would make sense to change it. And so I served in that capacity for about two years. And about a year ago, we reorganized and I'm back to full time working with the team, but with a slightly smaller direct report group. And it's worked out really brilliantly. 
I think what's important to note here is you have the credibility which you had built with your employer and hence you could go and ask for that support. You've clearly built a strong ecosystem for yourself and they had your back when you needed it. For those who are introverts, what's your advice on building a network? My first piece of advice is patience. I think we have to let this happen organically. But you do have to step into connections with people where you feel one. And I think part of that comes from having curiosity and being open to that curiosity. I have great examples when I joined Medtronic where I stayed, if you will, in the audience for some period of time while I was getting to know the organization and the structures, how things got done. But I remember very clearly observing certain individuals who I could identify a similarity or something they said that resonated. And those were the connections I started to nurture, but I had to sort of let it occur one by one. And soon enough, you have many connections. And then I think getting back to the support I had as I needed to spend some time focusing on my life in a more personal sort of way. As for those colleagues in my network, they came out in full force when I said what I had planned to do were so great at offering their commitment and their support to my team. I think they did that because they knew based on the relationships we had built that I would do precisely the same for them if they ever found themselves in a similar position. Thanks, Sheila. I think it's important that we all as colleagues and as peers and especially women have each other's back. Sheila, you've told me that you've struggled with having to say no. And I know that a lot of women have that same struggle. So what have you been doing to try and overcome this? Yeah, sometimes my problem is actually offering to do more. So sometimes it isn't even saying no, it's offering the yes too often. The tendency to say yes or offer the yes, it eats at the precious slack that we need to have in our lives. So with friends and families, I always think about what I can be doing more of. You take that and you pivot it to being a manager of people. I'm absolutely a connector and I really value relationships, which is good. But I also have the tendency to want to be the best manager ever. And so I can get caught up sometimes in the how of being a good manager. And so in that space, I also have to very purposely coach myself and decide what's enough. Then there's the technical work side. For me, and it's typically about figuring out how to be strategic about where to apply energy. And this is so hard. I want to have 100% the right answer and provide the best support to my leadership. And we all do. But really stepping back and deciding what's really necessary to deliver and to meet expectation has to be sometimes our goal. We do need to change the mindset of women. We don't need to exceed in every single space every single time. So for me, that means giving more to the areas that demands it and frankly, becoming okay with turning in a B paper, if you will, in other areas. Sheila, thank you for sharing that. You've navigated uncharted waters a few times in your career and come out really successful. Why do you think it's important for us to get comfortable with being uncomfortable? Let me start by talking about the concept of uncharted waters and the way I think about it. Uncharted waters come really in two flavors. The waters you haven't personally been in before, And for that, I definitely fall into the trap of believing that I have to be 100% qualified to do something in order to try and to put my name in the hat, to raise my hand. 
And I think that's simply not true. And what we find if we compare and contrast in a general sense, men to women, men often are more comfortable raising their hand, putting their hat in the ring. I think that's the one thing that we have to overcome. I have a sticky note on my computer monitor to remind me every day that without challenge, there is not change. And so we can't mistake that to mean that the change will be easy. Change could mean also doing it and stumbling, but also learning. Then I think about the second form of uncharted territory is really uncharted waters for the business or the company. This is the opportunity to use our intellect and our ability to sense to find the way. And I think women are good at this. In my opinion, however, we're sometimes not as good at taking that risk. Without challenge, there is no change. I love that, Sheila. Thank you for sharing. Pivoting quickly to building your executive presence and gaining credibility with the C-suite, you've done this exceedingly well while maintaining your authenticity. Talk to us about that. I think first it's important to define what authenticity is and to separate style from character. So character doesn't change and we have to know and understand our own character. We do, however, have to be somewhat flexible and adapt or match our style to the need or the context. Over the years, I think I've had to really pause and be strategic about what I believe is important enough to require expression at the C-suite level which is not everything. So what I mean by that is I have to figure out what it is that's important enough to communicate, then develop my confidence in my own understanding of it, and then allowing that to come through. And I think adapting style is not the same as adopting a style. We don't need to be like anyone else. In particular, we don't need to be like men. The one area I think we do need to focus on is asserting and having greater confidence in our intellect. So it's not easy. We have to strive to be heard. And again, this is where relying on your intellect is important and valuable. And we have to let that intellect be known and be seen. Thank you for sharing that. Sheila, when you look back over your career, what is that one piece of advice that you would give your younger self? I think developing sponsors, mentors, and peer networks. I could have done this with greater speed. And if I had done that, I would have had greater opportunity, I think, to use that network, whether it's in the form of sponsors, mentors, or peers, to test out what I was feeling at various points and thinking about those decision points. The other learning or piece of advice would have been to have figured out far sooner how important it was for me to ask for what I needed. It seems so obvious, but we don't get what we need without asking for it. And of course, the willingness of others to give that and provide it is based on the things we've talked about, which is having established trust and credibility. But that cycle of providing honesty, being authentic, working always in truth, feeds that support structure in such a way that then you can turn to it for what you need, for helping you think through things, and for continuing on the path that leads you to success personally, professionally, and in every way. Awesome, Sheila. Let's do some rapid fire now. Metaverse or the real world? Real world, as a reference point, (laughs) I read actual physical books. I am definitely in the real world. I am, though, super intrigued right now, parenting a 16-year-old girl. And the constant battle is to decipher what's 
actually an authentic representation of reality. She's just flooded with images, videos, moving things. Is it real life? Is it not? So working in that space is super interesting and fascinating, but still for me, real world. Your favorite book, movie, or Netflix show? Breakpoint on Netflix. So a Netflix show. I have been willing to give several hours of my life in the past couple of weeks to this series called Breakpoint. I'm definitely finding it fascinating to understand more about the world of tennis. Sheila, we appreciate all the guidance and encouragement. And thank you again. I'm Netra Kumar, Managing Director and Senior Treasury Sales Officer at Bank of America with Sheila Quintus, Vice President and Assistant Treasurer at Medtronic. Thank you all for listening to the latest in our Treasury Insights podcast series. Bank of America and B of A Securities are the marketing names used by the global banking and global markets divisions of Bank of America Corporation. Lending, other commercial banking activities, and trading in certain financial instruments are performed globally by banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, including Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Trading in securities and financial instruments and strategic advisory and other investment banking activities are performed globally by investment banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, investment banking affiliates, including in the United States, B of A Securities Incorporated and Merrill Lynch Professional Clearing Corp., both of which are registered broker-dealers and members of SIPC and in other jurisdictions by locally registered entities. B of A Securities Incorporated and Merrill Lynch Professional Clearing Corp. are registered as futures commission merchants with the CFTC and are members of the NFA. Investment products offered by investment banking affiliates are not FDIC insured, may lose value, and are not bank guaranteed.